Welcome to the Full Dive Gaming Podcast, bringing you a weekly dive of all the news, discussion, and condensed nerd talk you need for virtual reality gaming. This podcast is brought to you by Asterion Products, a top-selling company on Amazon designing revolutionary products for VR and AR, including the Asterion Aura VR stand. I'm Jay Bratt, a VR YouTuber, streamer, and your host for tonight's podcast. I'm Adam Charlton, a software developer who loves game design and VR. And I'm Kaylee Eliza, a VR artist and musician. Podcast is here to keep you up to date in the VR realm. We answer questions from our communities, followed by the latest, greatest VR news, and then we discuss the games we played recently and some VR concepts from there. If you haven't seen our YouTube channel, we're all sitting here in VR, interacting as if we're really together in one room, because that's really what it feels like. So check out the channel if you want to see us and our lovely virtual faces. We've got a lot of questions from our community this week, and we want to thank and welcome our newest patron, Shave Dog. Jay, what's our first question? Woo, Shave Dog. And the question is actually from Shave Dog. He said, y'all ever do a show about games that came out too early and need another attempt? And his game was Riggs. If you don't know what Riggs was, that was an early, I think it was a PSVR launch title. It was really well crafted. Wow. Uh, it was, you were in robot, you were in uh, these mechs, these big mechs, but you were playing almost like a sport with them. Uh, really? You were shooting each other, but you were trying to move this ball to the target on the other side. And the problem was there just wasn't any user base yet for a multiplayer game like that but it was super well made and like he said the world just wasn't ready for the game yet so <laughs> what do you think uh, adam is there a game that you think was just too soon too early you know honestly i want to say every vr game that a triple a studio tried to make in the <laughs> early days of vr <laughs> i feel like so many people tried to make really good experiences in the early days but there just wasn't the user base and so it didn't sell well and so they just stopped making it and so we got so many amazing AAA titles uh, like Bethesda really went all in on VR at the very beginning and there just wasn't enough support to um, to keep it afloat. And so I wish that they would have waited just a little bit for the market to mature because I have a feeling that if Bethesda went all in on VR now, it would be totally different than what happened. <laughs> Kaylee, what do you think? Was there something that just died because it was too soon? There wasn't enough people yet? Um, not really the game itself that died. But, like, it was more that sometimes I feel like some good games don't get promoted well enough. So the community, mm -hmm. the online yeah. community that we're trying to play with is so, like, sparse that you, it's kind of frustrating because I was really ex <laughs> excited about um, Unspoken when it first came out. And I was wanting to play online all the time, but there was hardly anyone online because yeah. people didn't know about it. So I guess, like, yeah, more I don't even angle. know about Unspoken. So what, what kind of game is it? It's like a magic. It's like a magic um, dueling game. So you're like facing oh. your opponent in this really like dynamic um, scenario. Like there's different maps, and you um yeah you like cast spells at each other, and you there's different like you like can upgrade your like character, and it's it's so it's so good. I haven't played that it. Sounds in ages, awesome. <laughs> but, um yeah, I thought it was like next level game, like VR gaming. Like this is like quite early on as well. It was about three years ago. Um. I don't know how it's doing now, actually. I think there was like a newer version that came out. But yeah, that was amazing. But there's just hardly, when I started playing it, um, there's just hardly anyone online. <laughs> Do you remember Wands, Adam? You might have seen that game, kind of similar. You're two yeah, different. Yeah, I've seen Wands. It's actually in this month's Humble Bundle. Yeah, so uh, 
Unspoken was like a premium version of Wands. Like it oh. looks gorgeous. Mm. It works super well. It's like if if you had you know a game that was made for modern VR, it was Unspoken, where Wands was on the Gear VR. Uh, oh, <laughs> well, my answer, and of course, it was stolen by Adam because he's heard me say it on previous podcasts and then answered it as if it was his own answer. Now was going to be Bethesda, the whole studio in general. They jumped in on VR. <laughs> they made Fallout 4, Skyrim. Uh, everything they made was like huge Doom games. VFR. Yep. They made these huge games for us, but then they didn't get the return. And they kind of, they kind of for a while seemed to abandon VR. Uh, hopefully they come back because they made some great games, but it was just too soon. The world wasn't ready. You know, may, they just need their newest uh, sci-fi game, whatever big sci-fi open world game they're working on. Uh, Starfield, I think they need that to be VR native from the beginning, and then mm. they'll have one back. My trust. <laughs> <laughs> so, next question comes from a user in our Discord, Crowd Nation. Now, this question is actually for you, Kaylee, and he asks, "Do your do your arms ever get tired while working on a piece?" Oh, well, I thought that was a really good question, um, but surprisingly not my arms um even though it's my arms that i'm like holding up for a, a lot of the time it's a lot of hours um it's not really like it's not really tiring in that respect just like afterwards sometimes it's more and i get like sh- back like really bad like shoulder pains or neck pains mm-hmm. but it's like oh it's yeah like i think it's from the tension of like gripping the like like holding the controller so tightly for so long so it's more <laughs> like ha- like it's quite it's quite conventional artist hand cramp actually um really even with the big thick vr controller yeah 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 because i feel like because your hands are in the same position for so long i guess and you're like you've got like you'll get your guess you're in that trigger position for like hours i guess and because i'm sure i'm gripping all the time and i think i'm scaling all the time and squeezing with my hands but most of the time, nine times out of ten, I don't, I don't suffer at all. It is actually like thinking about it now, it's quite surprising because my arms are like constantly like this. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you paint sitting, uh, sitting down or standing up? I like to vary it. So when I started getting those, I'm um, really bad, like, uh, like shooting, like back, like shoulder pains. It was like really bad tension. I started like varying how I was working in VR because I was just sitting in a chair and like. It was loads of like tensing up and it was just this. So I started sitting on the floor, which is apparently good for your back. Um, so I'd, sometimes I sit on the floor, sometimes I stand. Standing can be more tiring, I think. Um, and now I just take more breaks in general. But yeah, sometimes I sit just on the floor to cross-legged a lot of the time, like a little <laughs> garden gnome. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> That's interesting because I find like I do a lot in VR and I find that my neck does get really sore and it's an issue. But I find when I stand for some reason, it tends to happen less. When I sit is when I notice that my neck gets really stressed Mm. from it. So I need to figure out what I'm doing wrong. It might be the posture. If it's when you're sat down, it might be like because I know that I well personally, I like hunch over a lot. Um, (laughs) That's probably where my pain, why my pain's happening. (laughs) Full dive podcast. You didn't know you were coming here for pain relief, but you're learning about it. Kaylee, I think there was one more question that was directly for you. I I can read it to you. (laughs) So Scarlet Ibis said, how is the art scene changing with VR in the mix? Right. Well, I would say, but currently, like what I've noticed is firstly, probably the, um, VR artist um in the nft space um i feel like 
um they're really like diversifying that space by like offering those 3d models um that people are like hmm. printing off um and stuff like that so I feel like that's probably like a big part of what I'm just noticing anyway like when I'm not just like just at home in my own headset and sure sure <laughs> take, uh, taking notes of these things and then secondly like more in terms of the art scene but more in the educational side of it I've seen like a increased demand in um children's workshops uh summer schools um that kind of thing so i've actually been w- working recently with leah and hyde to provide uh workshops for children aged like wow like 13 and upwards yeah like in co- like schools so I, we recently did a summer school and that was that was like amazing it was my first ever one as well teaching children i've i've only taught adults before and like professionals already in the industry so teaching a child who has never like experienced vr as well like how to use tilt brush and how how they could be an artist in that medium it was, was really really exciting and um, the response from that was really really good as well so I feel like that generation could really um could really be exciting for the you know for the future because if they're already being given that opportunity now it could be inspiring their minds to think about oh this could be a job that I could have when I'm older um which is really <laughs> cool um because a lot of them didn't know that I don't know they didn't put they weren't really thinking about that especially at that age um you wouldn't want to be thinking about work at like nine I guess but um (laughs) but yeah I feel like it was really cool a lot of them were like oh can I be your apprentice when I'm older and stuff like that so that's really that's so cool yeah it was really cool Oh, that is so cool. And the mm. funny thing too, I'm think when you think about the art scene right now, and like when people talk about you brought up the NFTs, even myself included, some of us are kind of like, you know, why are people paying so much for this digital thing? But you think about like in the normal world, you don't you don't think it's weird at all to hear some rich person paid ten million dollars for some piece of art. You know, mm. it's it's essentially the same, but in a in a digital way. And digital is the future. But I definitely think there's going to be a, a point where. The, even now, the generations, older generations are like, why in the world are people buying digital stuff? Like, can't they just make it themselves or something? So mm-hmm. it's really interesting to kind of follow that and see it evolve and change from an outsider's perspective of the art scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And I can't wait to see how it develops further. Yeah, well, we got some news to talk about. But, you know, before we get into the news, we got to tell you our sponsor today for the news section is Asterian Products. I don't know why Adam's suddenly taken to calling it Astorian when they've been our sponsor for the last year. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know them thanks to their gorgeous Asterian I almost said it wrong because of you right there. <laughs> or a mm. VR headset stand. They have a new product now. It's a VR floor mat to help keep you in the zone, keep you from hitting things around you. It's called The Origin. Go check it out on Amazon. If you want to get an extra 10% off on anything Asterian on Amazon, you can use code FULLDIVE21. That's like the current year, FULLDIVE21. Uh, a quick so yes. Jay, oh, there, there's ahead. been some. You're still talking about The Origin because it's pretty cool. <laughs> I have. I have two now, actually. Wow. But, but go ahead. Uh, th- there's been some pretty big news this week, huh? Uh, yeah, there's been huge news. Kaylee, have you heard anything about the Quest Pro, Quest 2 Pro, Quest 2 Plus, whatever people are calling it? Um, I only saw, like, things on Twitter recently, which you're about to talk about. I, <laughs> saw, the, 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 I saw the same thing yesterday, so, yeah, I've that's been, all I've yeah. seen. I've been following it for a couple of weeks now, but a big development happened yesterday when someone, we're guessing from uh, actually from an Oculus work call, 
took a screenshot of these controllers and posted it online, which, I mean, if they're not fired yet, they've got to be. Uh, <laughs> so now the Quest, we don't actually know, for all of you out there who are wondering, we don't actually know if this is a Quest 2 Pro, if this is an Oculus Quest Pro, if they're just going to do the Oculus Quest 3. Because if you remember last year at this time, they were talking about an Oculus Quest 1 Pro and it was the Quest 2. But basically this <laughs> new Quest 2 Pro, whatever, I don't know what to call it. It's going to be totally revolutionary and one of the biggest deals about it is the the controllers they look like the kind of controllers but there's no tracking ring because now instead of the headset watching for the controller through its eyes the controllers have their own cameras to see everything in the room around them and track all independently which would mean you could put this thing behind you and it would still see fine because it's seeing on its own uh that, there's a lot of big things to break down about this, but let's talk about that one first. What do you think about that, Adam? Because you own a Valve Index. Does this kind of destroy the need for base stations? Well, I mean, not necessarily. So I'm. it's nice that you guys finally get to join the party that I've been in for the last two years anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but having it be able to track behind you and out of reach of the main headset isn't the only nice thing about having base stations. Uh, for example, um, when I had the chance to play with the Quest 2 the other day when we were trying out Space Pirate Arena, one of the problems that we were having is you can't play it outside very well because of the sun and you have to be careful about some of the lighting in your house because it can mess with the tracking. With base stations, you never get that. Um, and so while this is amazing and the controllers look incredible without the tracking ring, I got to say, these cameras go a long way to solve a lot of the problems, but I don't think necessarily removes the need for base stations altogether for high fidelity VR. In my opinion. <laughs> Kaylee, what do you think? Because like this, I mean, the other thing about this too, it's still going to be mobile. It's still going to be portable. So you can take it anywhere and not have to worry about, you know, oh, did I have my station set up in this room or whatever? What do you think about this? Um, well, I was more interested in like the, I don't know, the, 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 I guess the way that the controllers look and will feel and not having that tracking ring just as, because I'm using it for artistic purposes and, um, Obviously, the lighter and easier it is for the controllers to be. Mm -hmm. It's just easier for me, like because I am holding them all day. So, um, yeah. so actually, I like the way that they look. There's a lot less going on because it just like implies, hopefully, like more lightweight. But also, like, I like the idea that if there's that um, the, those grips, then it's almost like I've just always wish that I could just like hold my hands out and not have to be holding anything and I'm just drawing I don't have to press the trigger but it's not like my hands are like gripped around this thing like mm -hmm. tense <laughs> all day long mm -hmm. um so I'm I'm like interested to see whether that would um that would um, make any of that easier uh so we just have to wait and see I guess well, and the funny thing you bring that up about your hands and the freedom, that was the main thing Adam's issue first thing when he put the controllers on. He's like, these are comfortable, but I feel like my thumb's trapped in this ring. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, so on top of just this, there's a couple other interesting details. One, the they're going to use the same resolution. Resolution has not been increased at all, but they're using a technology that it's still uh, LCD screens, but what happens is each pixel has its own lighting so they can actually still turn them off essentially Ooh. so it's kind of like an oled where they're saying that you can get true blacks in it but without getting the the smear that you get with oleds and without all the manufacturing issues that oleds have so 
it's it's going to go back to, you know, how we used to like headsets with those really dark black scenes where you feel like you're actually in the dark. That's huge news. But on top of that, there's cameras now inside of the headset as if Facebook couldn't add any more cameras anywhere <laughs> that are going to see your eyes and see some of your facial emotional expression and potentially translate this into the game. That That's pretty impressive. They're going to be the first. So, you know, this all happens all the time with the mobile market, right? Android creates stuff and everyone's like, oh, that's cool. You know, like... Um, like fingerprint sensors or wireless pay. And the whole tech industry is like, haha, that's cool. It's a fun gimmick. And then Apple picks it up and suddenly you find it everywhere, right? It's like the second that Apple decides to do Apple Pay, bam, every single store in the nation now supports wireless contactless pay, you know? Uh, and I hope the same thing kind of happens with face tracking if it goes this way, right? Mm-hmm. Like face tracking has been sort of this gimmick with VR headsets. Uh, it's like, oh, that's cool. You have it. You get like your choice of two different programs to try it out with. Um, yep, yep, and now okay. once Oculus tries it out, though, they put it into a headset. I bet you, bam, it will be everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, DECA gear should have beat them to market with this. That was one of their big ploys was the DECA move or whatever the heck it's called. I don't even remember. Uh, was going to the headset itself was going to have emotional tracking and see your facial expressions inside. But that thing missed the the first launch date by a long shot. We still don't know when it's coming. Uh, <laughs> we'll have more news about that in a minute, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is big, but we still don't know anything for sure. So October 28th is when the next Oculus Connect event is happening. And that's when we're expecting to get all of this either validated or the rumors to be smashed. Whatever's coming, we're going to find out more. But I'm super excited. There's no idea of price. People keep saying 450, but I don't know where they're getting that figure. Uh, that just seems pulled out of midair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm super excited, but there is other stuff going on. Finally, again in the realm of headsets and hardware. Adam, what what's happening with Mega Dodo? I know we hinted to it a bit before, but Mega Dodo and their Deca Gear headset, one that we've talked for a long time. This wireless PC VR. Um, inside out tracking rig is finally has some news and they've released updated images of their new deca gear controllers now these things look pretty wild um, they kind of look like the index uh, knuckles controllers but without the giant tracking ring around the outside instead you get like this weird bulb <laughs> uh, sort of like a playstation move bulb at the end of your controller at the very bottom of it um and it's supposed to be entirely wireless i'm guessing that the bulb is for tracking it's looking like it's going to come base in the deca gear 450 450 bundle but we're not sure and like everything else about the deca gear we don't know anything they still say <laughs> that the first batch of headsets is going to be shipping in q4 which is starting in october um but they also haven't updated anything in the last year and a half that we've been talking about them. <laughs> yeah, so we really don't know. In March of this year, originally when we talked about it, wasn't it? So we're way, we're way past the mark here. Yeah, they just keep pushing back and pushing back, but they're not updating anything. So all of this information we have is like 10 updates old, and they are still not telling us any additional information. <laughs> uh kaylee did you follow much of this with deca gear are you excited at all about this headset or is it even on your radar 
Um, it hasn't been on my radar at all, no, but it, I do find it fun. Their control is rather fascinating. Um, they, yeah, they look unique. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'm pretty loyal when it comes to, like, I don't know what I use for technology-wise, I guess. I, I would be keen to try some. I, I'm excited that there are, like, new things, though, in the space. Like, yeah. obviously, like, I guess, like, you, it's just when you're just hearing. Basically, my Twitter is just Oculus and HTC. So um, mm-hmm. it is nice to hear about, like, other the development so yeah because we've been talking uh, i mean for so long it's been like nothing's coming out it's coming. now we're talking about two two headsets again in the same podcast which is a nice feeling i was it really was is monitoring the uh heartbeat a little on reddit with these controllers and people it's funny because some a lot of people were saying they look like the psvr2 controllers which i i didn't really see that they were like oh just without that weird ring and i think it's this weird shape of them uh we'll make sure there's a shape on the screen for those of you who are watching and if not just google you'll you'll find them easily but people i think it's this weird shape they thought of. but i thought the same thing when i saw them i was like they kind of look like the index controllers without that side part but it can't just be that ball that's tracking it because you think about in a normal just holding position of holding controllers from the headset's perspective those two would be behind your forearms Right there, like yeah, they because not... it is inside-out tracking. Yeah, so like holding it straight out in front of you, that bulb is going to be right under your wrist. Yeah, so I don't know if maybe there's some lights built into the edges of the the straps, or if they're in the handle, or something. there might be an additional tracking bulb, pretty much at the very front of the headset. It does have this weird bulbous shape right under the buttons too. So maybe yeah. that's how they're doing it. You know, you just put sort of put a tracking bulb on either end to try and always get it in headset view. Or who knows? Maybe it's some different. Maybe they're going with like that magnetic tracking or something. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> the, the fa- I don't know. I think these controllers are really ugly. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. like them. The, the I, index yeah. controllers, they're very much the same shape as the index controllers. But I don't know. I, I think the tracking ring around the index controllers um, and just the general shape of them look a lot nicer. This sort of feels like trying to hold a fish. And I don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know that there's any set of VR controllers that I find super attractive. Though. I will say even the index ones, I always thought were kind of, at least when they first launched them, I was like, oh, those are kind of ugly and weird looking. <gasps> uh, <laughs> I think now people think, you know, they, they just assume that it's good. So they make it, oh, it looks good. But I mean, you look at that thing objectively and it's kind of weird looking. Yeah, uh, I didn't want to say it, but now you've said it, I think they're ugly. <laughs> what is there a good looking? I think the original Rift controllers were kind of cool looking because they fit your hands well and they just had that one ring around your hand. But I definitely don't think there's ever been a, a VR controller that I'm like, oh, that looks good. Like the Vive ones, those are the ugliest things ever. So ugly. Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah. The Vive ones had some really cool stuff, like the like the fully capacitive trackpad at the back. I thought was really cool. It doesn't matter what cool features. We're talking solely on looks here. They were they were ugly. They yeah, were ugly and awkward. Hold on. I need to I need to take off my headset so I can look at my hands. I don't know. I think that these things are beautiful. And no one can tell me otherwise. But imagine if we find these kind of things ugly. What do non-VR users think when we're in these things? They're, they're yeah. like, what on earth are they holding? <laughs> I, I can imagine that these VR controllers are just going to get more and more intrinsic. You know, like it's going to start looking more like a glove that you put your fingers into or whatever, right? But yeah. to non-VR people, they're going to look at it and go, you want me to put my hand where? <laughs> and just like completely peace out of wanting to try a VR. Mm-hmm. That is a barrier to it too. You know, we're touching, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but that is a barrier to VR still for people who don't like it or don't want to try it. They say, oh, it looks weird. I don't want to look weird. Like what a, what a shallow like thing to use as oh, you're yeah. like not wanting to try something. You just think, oh, I'm going to look dumb or weird. Come on. 
come on, people. Yeah, I don't accept that excuse. That's what I like about teaching children at VR workshops. Yeah. They don't care. They don't have that like built-in vanity. Yeah, it's like yep. they just didn't care. They were just like so excited to get it on their head, and they've got like their ears are folded over and like their hair sticking out mm-hmm. one side. And they, <laughs> they just couldn't couldn't care less. That's why when I show people VR, I have them put the headset on first, and then I just have them hold out their hands for me to put the controllers on them. Because you, yeah. you know the index controllers are ugly and you don't want to They're kind of wonky, but also it's like hard to do anything with them while you're holding. Like trying to put on your headset while you're, the uh-huh. controllers are strapped to your hands is sort of an art. Do you think as things get, if any, as anything gets more advanced and mod like higher developed, it always ends up looking, it's going to look weirder and weirder because even for, for example, my brother has these amazing headphones and the earpiece goes inside your ear hole mm-hmm. and it makes it more immersive and it's like amazing sound, but it, they look insane. Like you look at them and you're like, this is intrusive. Yeah, like th- this is wiggling its way into my brain, right? <laughs> yeah, this weird, yeah, it feels so weird as well. But I was thinking like, if that's what a pair of headphones are going like, to look like, I mean... I, I I think only like people that are like into that sort of thing are buying those kind of headphones. But like, I he was like, are you gonna get some? Then I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hey, we got some uh, with some more news. Of course, it has something to do with Facebook. But Kaylee, uh oh, <laughs> my headset just did something weird. Kaylee, what's going on with Facebook this week? Um, so for people that don't know what Quill is, Quill is a Facebook. What well, was Facebook app? Um, a VR painting and animation app, and its creator, original creator Inigo Quiles, um, built it back in 2015 for Oculus Story Studio VR short Dear Angelica, which is this amazing VR short. Everyone knows it's the first VR illustrated film. Um, however, Facebook has actually handed it back over to its creator Quiles, whose company Smoothstep has now rebranded the tool on on um, Quill by Smooth Step. So they've changed it, um, which will replace the original on the App Store. So this won't actually affect the original version if you've already got it installed. So there's no panicking there or anything, but um, it it does mean that um, it's no longer a Facebook app and um, Oculus is no longer supporting it. Um, so what, does that, what does that mean to me? So I don't even, I barely know what Quill is, but Facebook like basically bought it and is like saying, "Hey, I don't want it anymore." Are they yeah, selling it back? Yeah, giving it back is sort of a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, but I I was sort of thinking about this in relation to what happened with Tiltbrush. Um so Tiltbrush was um uh was being developed in a Google studio and um they it's almost a bit like how they they just like made that open source once they felt like they had ran its course um they no longer wanted to uh you know like carry on supporting and develop updating that so they just handed it over to the community um i guess it's a little bit different because it's just changing hands but i i i just think like at least it i was a little bit sad about tiltbrush um at first being open source because i guess it didn't have that like it's just that, like, it's not that it feels unofficial now, but wait, knowing that it was supported by Google really helped my um, employability in explaining, <laughs> in explaining what I did. Um, sure, but, sure. But I guess in this case, because it's going back to the creator, I do think, like, there's a lot of scope there for its development. I mean, if it's going to the, back to its original author, I'm actually quite excited to see where it would go. And um, I'm quite interested to try it out now. I, I haven't used it that much because I, I have just... Um, 
I just I'm tunnel vision on total brush it's just kind of what I use um but, <laughs> but because it has that animation aspect to it um I just wonder like I'm just quite interested actually to see I, it, I think it's quite nice that it's gone back to its original creator um it's, it's like he's got his baby back so I just wonder what I wonder what he's gonna do with it I feel the same way. And it's so weird because like you hear all too often of these big studios buying a little studio or buying a game and then shutting it down. And it was like in this case, I don't know. There's no mention that they were going to shut down. But but it's just weird to hear like, oh, they just gave it back. Like you you never hear of that in the game. So this really intrigued me. Like why? I wish I could know a little more behind the scenes because it's it's curious. I know yeah. a, a redeeming factor for Facebook. What what blasphemy is this here? <laughs> Maybe the they thought. Yeah, I wonder whether because it's like how there's a Google graveyard. There's even a Twitter account um, dedicated to it <laughs> because they just like bin these like amazing ideas and these amazing apps. So I guess it is like a good thing. But they did make the um the, their theater player open source uh, source oh. as well. So I wonder whether um that will go anywhere. Anyone will like jump on that as well. Yeah, the one of the main things that I'm concerned about is that they took it off the store. So like they gave it back to the creator and then they're just like, yeah, but no one can buy it anyway. So like, <laughs> you know, screw you or whatever. And, yeah. and that sort of concerns me. It's like, yeah, they gave it back, but they just totally removed it from all their platforms anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. I don't know. Is there as as an artist here, Kaylee, is there is there anything that you think, oh, the, there might be something more to this that people aren't realizing or something that our listeners might find curious or interesting? Because I, I feel pretty out of my element on what this means for the future of Quill. Um, I'm really not sure when it comes from a development point of view, I guess, just because I'm the consumer and user of these things. But maybe, may, maybe it was going to just be like, you know, shut down. And you never know if it was the creator himself that actually said, no, wait a minute, I'd... I'd like to continue this um, and ma- maybe he didn't want it to end. Um, you don't know who has some like ideas in the works. You don't know. You don't know that sp- sort of thing. So I guess because um, when because when Tilbrush went open source, like overnight, um, Rosie uh, Summers actually and her and her partner, uh, Mike, they like they've done this amazing job of like building the like I get the community was already there, but I guess they just gathered everyone. They, have, they already have all these amazing developments <laughs> with their app. So when you see everyone working so hard with that kind of thing and all these amazing ideas, you don't know who like behind the scenes. Like these people have had these ideas for ages, and they've wanted these um, like updates to happen with Tiltbrush, and now they're finally getting their dreams uh, coming true thanks to Rosie and uh, Mike nice. and the rest of their team. So um, I just wonder whether there's like ideas behind the scenes um in the works you just never know so hopefully yeah, everything crossed. that we see is always like 10 percent of yeah <laughs> it's always like 10 percent <laughs> of what's actually going on yeah so so it's one of the joys of seeing the youtube side of things as opposed to the uh audio only if you're on youtube you can see jay's walking around and doing all sorts of weird stuff <laughs> uh, while we're trying to sit down and have a serious conversation, Jay. <laughs> I, I apparently didn't switch it to where people can't see that I'm online, so there's been things happening this time that don't usually happen. Uh, Adam, we got some games to talk about, don't we? <laughs> we do. We have lots of games to talk to you about. For first, we're going to talk about Asterian products. They're high-quality u- universal VR headset stands. So this is the Asterian Aura. It has incredible RGB lighting, and it's a really clean, minimalistic look with 
clear acrylic uh, plastic that you can light up. It really fits with any um, any of your workstations, your battle stations out there. You get $5 off any order $19.99 or more by using the code FULLDIVE at AsterianProducts.com or you can save 10% on any Asterian purchase on Amazon with code FULLDIVE21. But let's jump right into our games. So, Jay, what game do we got first? Uh, well, Kaylee, have you heard of or seen any footage of a game called Stride? I've heard of it, but I haven't seen any of it yet. Well, Shave Dog, we mentioned him earlier in the podcast, our newest patron, uh, asked, hey, you're doing these mini review episodes now. Uh, would you talk about Stride, but on the Oculus Quest 2? So Adam and I, we played Stride way back in the day. It's a parkour game like Mirror's Edge, if you remember that one, Kaylee, basically oh, yeah, where yeah. you... Basically, where you're running through a world, you're jumping and diving and sliding under things, but it's in VR. So you're not pressing, you know, Q to slide or something. You are actually physically ducking and then your character slides. You're moving your arms in a running motion to actually run. And we tried it back in the day on Steam, and I actually did not have good things to say about it back then. And Adam <laughs> did. Uh, and then what happened this time, Adam? Well, this time... We tried it out again. There's been a lot of updates and there's been a lot of improvements, but only on the Oculus side, <laughs> which really <laughs> pisses me off <laughs> because now it's got updated visuals and graphics and some movement on the Oculus Quest. And so when I came back to it, it felt like this game that hasn't changed in over a year of development. And for Jay, it's been an entirely brand new experience. And so I'm sort of ticked at it that they're shocked in the pc vr side of it and jay's through the roof that he finally gets to play this pretty good game <laughs> yeah i got to uh i mean one of the first things you're you're running in this park world and all of a sudden there's windows now so there's this big window in front of you you can't see through and you have to dive through this window not knowing what's on the other side whether you're going to make mm -hmm. your landing or be able to pick your route uh, there's these drones that set up traps and stuff. And it was just, it, it felt like, wow, this was the game I think I expected to try back in early access. Uh, and it, it was so much better that I was like really impressed. And then Adam was like, who had said good things the first time was like, what the heck? Cause he played in early access and it still feels like early access where yeah. on quest, it's starting to feel like a real game, but it has different game modes. So the one, the basic one that we played before is endless. So you're running through buildings on top of a city with this, like, this uh, force coming behind you at a, at a steady rate. So if you start to slow down, you start to screw up, it'll catch you and kill you. But if not, you can just keep running forever. If you can keep really going, uh, there's another mode, which I really liked, which is like, it's more like levels. Like if you do less than 25 seconds, you get three stars. Or if you do 30 seconds, you know, then you only get two stars. And so it's all about really physically moving. And you have a grappling hook that you sometimes swing on. You can wall run if you turn your head to the side and jump towards the wall as you're running and then jump back. Uh, it's a really unique game. And because of the motion where you have to move your hands and all this, you don't seem to get motion sick at all, people have said even though you're moving through a city at high speed. Uh, Kaylee, what do you think? You don't do a ton of gaming. Does this sound like something you would even try? Oh, yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm a massive Mirror's Edge fan, so I'm sold. I'm, like, I'm going to install it after this. Yeah, like, this I'm... is the VR version of Mirror's Edge. Oh, and my God. It is a lot of fun if you're if you're a fan of parkour and Mirror's Edge. Yeah, I am. I really want to for do parkour. Oculus. I recommend yeah. it for Oculus. <laughs> right, okay. I'm still a little bitter about it for, for PC VR. 
<laughs> well, and I um, think you have to get the Quest version to get all these updates. So even if you were to get the Oculus Rift version, I don't think you'd get the same version. But even if you like parkour, if you like Mirror's Edge, I still think the game, the other version of the game will still be impressive to you. You'll still like it. But you definitely, I, I get to feel the difference now trying it on the Quest. And I'm like, okay, this feels like a proper fun game versus what I played back in early access, which I was a little disappointed by. Which still feels somewhat like a tech demo. It's an impressive tech demo, but it lacks the polish and some of the nifty features that you'd expect from a full release that you get on the Oculus version. Right, so I should download it on the Quest 2. Yes, yes, the Quest is the way to go. It's $15, so it's not a ton. you may not get a huge amount. It depends on how into it you are. If you're really into this game, you could get hundreds of hours because you'd be climbing the leaderboards and stuff. But for me, someone who's not super into leaderboards, I'll, pro- I'll go back to it and play it some more. Honestly, maybe even more for exercise than anything <laughs> else. Because I was playing it in my garage on my mat. And if you kind of like simulate, because you have to move your arms to, to, to run, but if you kind of simulate it with your legs too, and then when you jump, you actually try jumping. It, it feels really cool, but it gets mm. you sweaty. So, oh, that sounds cool that you could play it in both ways, though. You could play it as a fitness game as well. Yeah, yeah, it definitely really makes you move. And the jumping's a little weird. So, like, to jump, you press A in your right hand, but then you put your arms down. So, kind of like you're getting in a real jumping stance, like a long jump. You put your arms right. down, and then as you hurl your arms up, you let go of A, and that's what determines how big your jump is. So I actually found doing real jumping helped me actually get the jumping right because I was struggling with the jumping for a minute. So... I, I would definitely say go try it, Kaylee, and get back to us on what you think. Because I, I do think now that it's out on Quest, it's really good. It's much better than it used to be. So if you're out there and you've been on the fence, it don't really get is. the PC version. Get get the Quest version. Yeah, which is a shame <laughs> because I absolutely adored the premise of this game when it first came out. But it still feels like it's it's a year lagging of that unfinished progress that you see with Quest. and And that is a real bummer. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. well i tried another game and i have either of you heard of it's it's pronounced demio i guess but i thought it was demio i have heard of that i've looked into it a little bit yeah so it's kind of like a dungeons and dragons simulator so like first thing you boot the game up and you are in a basement of i'm guessing your mom's house <laughs> <laughs> and it's like this old nostalgic kind of 80s basement you know it's got what looks like an atari on the ground and and stuff and it's it's a tabletop game that's in front of you but you can pull in or out with your hands and zoom in down to the level of your characters that you're controlling it's turn-based so you're you're up to four people are playing together you're trying to navigate this dungeon and each person picks their class so i was uh i was an archer and it's like these little tabletop pieces and you get two turns each turn. So you can move your character twice or you can move them once and attack once. And as you're navigating this dungeon, these enemies show up and you have to like think about how many hit points they have, how powerful is my attack. And then when you try to attack them, you roll a die that either hits them, critical hits them, or you miss the hit altogether. So from what everyone was saying, it really is like a watered down version of Dungeons and Dragons. They're trying to make it more approachable to the average person. And I was really surprised I had fun playing this. So you you kind of hear the premise. Why don't you guys kind of ask me what what questions are you curious? What do you want to know about this game if you were going to get near it or potentially play it? Yeah, so I have some questions. If for a game like this, often, you know, you're looking at it. Is it more like playing a board game or are you sucked into the perspective of your character in the dungeon? 
it really feels like a board game because you can like get down close to the board and be next to your character, but it never like puts you in their eyes. It always feels like you're still playing a board game. But one weird thing about it, the motion is all grab based. Oh. So like if you want to turn, you grab both hands and then you turn the whole world with your hands. And if you want to zoom in, you grab and pull in or you zoom out by pushing together. And if you want to move around the board, you grab the world and you pull yourself around it, which seems like a weird choice, but I understand why they did it because this, this board's a good size, but it's not humongous. So you need (laughs) to be able to make small movements where if you were using your stick, you might move too quick, too fast. Mm. And so it, it always feels like you're playing a board game, but the point is playing it multiplayer. You would not want to play this by yourself. The point is you're having fun with your friends. Okay, and were you able to do that? Yeah, I, I actually wasn't going to get this game, but uh, Potato Batman, we had him on here once upon a time. He actually built this room you're seeing if you're watching the video. Uh, he has been trying to get me to get in on this uh, with him and some other friends. So I played it with a couple of people, and it took me about 45 minutes as someone who doesn't play these kind of board games, but I started to get really into it. At about the 45 minutes, we ended up playing over two hours. My headset was on 5% by the time we stopped playing. <laughs> Kaylee, do you play a lot of board games? Um, I do when I'm with my friends, yeah. Um, we play some quirky ones actually. Um, I'm I'm a big chess fan, but I've never played Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. <laughs> it's uh Demio is definitely one the problem is it's on quest, so I feel like the quest doesn't have the battery to support this. Like we barely made it through, you know, one full level, which is two dungeons and then a boss, and my quest was dying. So if you don't if you have a quest and you're gonna play this game. I would get a battery pack ready or have it plugged in while you're playing because you're going to get sucked into this game and then your headset's going to die on you. <laughs> so do, it, what, who is this audience for, Jay? Is this for people that enjoy board games or specifically Dungeons and Dragons? I would say it's Dungeons and Dragons or even if you've never played it like I hadn't, it, it might appeal to you, but it's not your typical, you know, Knight of Monopoly or something. This is this is you're talking hit points, you're talking attack damage, you're you're planning with your friends because you'll be like you'll have this big uh, troll in front of you that has 30 hit points and each of your attacks are only worth two or three. So you're trying oh, to boy. plan, you're trying to plan together. OK, how are we going to take this guy down? And then you have a, a handful of cards that you can also play that can do different abilities and different attacks. Like I had one card that you drop it in a zone and it would destroy everything in a seven by seven area, basically. So there's a lot of planning and teamwork and coordination that goes into this. Uh, it's really cool. I was surprised because I really didn't think I was going to like it. And I had more fun than I thought I would. That's awesome. Kaylee, does this sound like a kind of game that you would enjoy playing? Yeah, I'm actually quite interested, actually. I just need to find someone to play it with. But I do and know we someone. should just play it as this group. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you guys want to cool. get it, we should set up a night and play it together. Maybe even stream it. I think it'd be really fun. Honestly, I'm totally down with streaming it. I'd let's do, do it. That. Yeah, let's <laughs> okay. do that. I'm up for okay. that. I've got a, I actually, the developer sent me a code. So Adam, I'll forward you that after this, see if we can get some codes and keep an eye out on the podcast. If you haven't come and watched this game before, we're going to game this one and we'll either drop an episode or we'll just stream it. We'll see. We'll make it a surprise for all of you listeners, but we'll do something because it is really fun. Sounds good. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Uh, And if you want to stay up to date on our gaming sessions, uh, we're pretty active on the discord service. So come on and join us. You can interact with us there, ask questions on our Q&A, and you can provide suggestions to influence what types of games like this one, where we're going to try and live stream it, and uh, what other games we talk about and review. Chat about all things VR. You can become a direct supporter of this podcast on Patreon. Get priority on these Q&A questions. If you're 
watching us on YouTube, consider checking out the audio podcast, Take Us on the Go. And if you're listening to us on audio, check out our YouTube channel and you can see us interacting a little bit. Uh, I really feel like it adds to the to the experience when we're gesturing with our hands all frantically when we're talking about things we're excited about. <laughs> but as always, thank you so much for listening and supporting us. And remember, when it comes to VR, you have to dive, dive on, on in. in.